let's get ready to study God's Word. Divide the Word of Truth. This is Andrew S. Baker, and it's time for another devotional study. Please be sure to visit us at biblestudy.asbzone.com, where you can find links to our previous episodes and various Bible study resources. Let's have a word of prayer before we get into our study. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your many blessings, and we ask you to please be with us now as we go through this devotional. Please give us the words to say, and be with those who hear us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Today's study is entitled, Is the Law of Attraction Biblical? Is the Law of Attraction Biblical? And we're going to use... Proverbs 4.23 Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Is the law of attraction biblical? Recently I did a Bible study, and one of the questions that came up was, is the law of attraction biblical? Now, I've heard about the law of attraction, and I understood it at a very basic level, but I'd never looked into it particularly. And so I looked into it, and there's some definitions here, various definitions that I found. The law of attraction suggests that people attract what they focus on, learn how positive and negative thoughts produce corresponding outcomes. Okay? Harnessing the law of attraction is what might help you affect positive changes today and improve the quality of your life. But then I found a definition in Wikipedia that was pretty solid, and here's what it says, only reading part of it. The law of attraction is the new thought spiritual belief that positive or negative thoughts bring positive or negative experiences into a person's life. The belief is based on the idea that people and their thoughts are made from pure energy and that like energy can attract like energy. Okay. So the premise is, if you're a positive person, you focus your thoughts on positive things, success in life, and you know, success in relationships, et cetera, and so on, the people that are drawn to you, that are attracted to you, are people that will help you fulfill those goals. The energy that's drawn to you will help you fulfill those goals. Okay, that's the general premise. It should also be pointed out that this particular um, law of attraction also is, let me see, is another, yes, here we go. The law of attraction is a philosophy that suggests that positive thoughts and actions bring positive results into a person's life, while negative thoughts bring negative outcomes. Okay, 
Here's the second part of this. The law of attraction is one of 12 universal laws of hermetic philosophy. Okay. So this is a package deal. Now I want to do two things. I'd like to cover two things here in these few minutes that we have. The first is to answer the generic question. Is this concept biblical? Now, obviously, the title, the law of attraction, is part of a philosophy. And they say here, part of the new thought movement, the new thought spiritual belief. Okay, but let me ask the question a little bit differently. Are the principles involved in at least the idea of positive thoughts versus negative thoughts? Can that, can that principle be found in scripture, right? Not the whole, once you get to the whole pure energy thing, you're in a different realm altogether. That's not the Bible, right? In fact, I'll say it this way. The problem with these other philosophical viewpoints is that they eliminate God and Satan, and they essentially bring about, um, they, they essentially think in terms of good and evil as just these vague concepts that you align yourself with. But the personal nature of God as the representative of all that is good and Satan as the initiator of all that is evil, that concept doesn't exist in this, in this um, philosophical view. Okay. The verse that we picked, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. I picked it because what it's saying at a very basic level is that you need to guard your heart because the direction of your heart will have a great bearing on the direction of everything that you end up doing. Okay, let me pick... Let me pick a couple of verses that are a little bit better. Let's see here. In 2 Corinthians 3, in verse 18, But we all, with open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. Okay. That verse leads to a common phrase that we often say, that Christians often say, by beholding, we become changed. Right? What you look at, what you focus on, will change you. Jesus speaks elsewhere of serving God or mammon, right? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things will be added unto you. So the, the Bible does have a premise that suggests that your focus impacts your destination. Right? Set your mind on things above, not on things of the earth. Again, this tells you that you need to be you need to keep your thoughts where you want to end up. Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. 
So the Bible does teach the essential elements that say, if you intend to get to heaven, you need to be looking heavenward. You need to be contemplating and focusing on spiritual things because you're not going to get to heaven by focusing on worldly things. Okay, Never follow a multitude to do evil. Bible's full of those concepts. Here's another thing that Solomon says. In Proverbs 23, 7, Solomon says, For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Jesus says in Luke 6.45, A good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is good. Evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is evil. For of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaketh. So yes, the Bible does provide the underlying premise that the law of attraction could be built on. However, if you hear that, hear what I just said, and then conclude, ah, the principle is basically biblical, therefore I can believe it, and you attach yourself to the philosophy as it is, you're going to end up picking up much more baggage than you want. Right? What I do, just sharing with you the approach that I take, when I hear something in a worldly context, in a philosophical context, when I hear something that someone presents, and I think to myself, oh, that's an interesting premise. Is it biblical? Right? That's always going to be my first question. It's an interesting premise. It seems like it makes sense. Is it biblical? If I look at it and I can contemplate passages in Scripture, stories in Scripture, that would validate it as also being in Scripture then I don't say, okay, good, it's biblical, it has a biblical basis, so I'm just going to accept it wholesale out here. No, no, no. I say, okay, good, it has a biblical basis, and I go to the Bible for my acceptance. That's where I accept it. I don't care where it was found elsewhere. I simply accept the fact that this new nugget is now available for me to think about as a discrete entity, but I'm only thinking about it from the biblical perspective, right? Because then I bring along all my biblical baggage, and I don't mean baggage in a negative connotation, or let's say luggage, right? I bring along all my biblical luggage, meaning even if I hear something or read something that talks about what we have to do. I know that in the salvation plan, in the plan of redemption, my role is a cooperative role, not an initiating role. God initiates, 
I cooperate with him, right? And I know that because that's what the Bible teaches throughout. I don't have to remind myself of that the way that I would have to remind myself if I accepted the philosophy outside the word of God and then have to constantly remind myself about the caveats because of what's in the word of God, right? Let's use the law of attraction as an example. When I use the biblical basis for accepting the idea that positive thoughts lead to positive results, I will rightly understand that there's a limit to that, right? There's a limit to that. In fact, if you look at the book of Job, Job's friends essentially believe the law of attraction. Job's friends are accusing him and saying that the fact that he is going through an affliction indicates that he isn't completely right with God, that some break has occurred. They're basically saying, hey, if you had positive thoughts and you were doing what you were supposed to do and you were in harmony with God, it would all work out. Okay? If I accept the law of attraction in its philosophical shell, then I constantly have to remind myself from the biblical perspective eh, that there's some caveats there. There's some bounds around that. Okay, the law of attraction, as it's written in the four or five places I've looked, doesn't come with any bounds. It pretty much says if you think positively, positive people will be attracted to you. Positive situations will be attracted to you. That's it. No caveats, no limitations, no nothing. That's what it states. But we know that because of the great controversy, because we have an active enemy, even if we think the most positive thoughts and do the most and do the most focused thinking, I mean, look at the life of Jesus. Jesus was hounded and tempted and tested and pressured. Are we going to suggest that Jesus wasn't positive enough? That he didn't uh, focus on doing good and, and attracting the right things himself? No, we can't. We have to understand that the Bible gives us a bigger picture with an actual conflict, not just us living in this bubble of a universe with this nebulous good and evil forces that are just there that we have to tap into uh, on our own. That's not how that works. Okay, When you find something and it's, it sounds appealing, it sounds... Um, profound. It, it gives you an opportunity to consider a, a different perspective in looking at some aspect of your life. First, determine, can I find this principle in the word of God on any level? And if you can't, discard it, because obviously it's not godly. But if you can then embrace it entirely from the scripture where you find it. 
don't embrace it from the world and have to constantly try and remind yourself about the scripture. Because the longer you go embracing a philosophy that is outside scripture, the more the rest of the baggage of that philosophy will come to be accepted. And at some point, you're going to be interested in in those other 11 universal laws, allegedly. Okay, I haven't bothered to look them up. I wasn't interested. I only looked up the law of attraction at all just to be able to answer the question appropriately. But having answered it and having found out where it is in the scripture, I am not in need of tying together the rest of that philosophy. It is sufficient for me that the one that I was poked to look at has some kind of a basis. You could say that it was derived from scripture. And I'm okay with that. And so it helped me to understand, it helps me to appreciate that if we are cheerful, if we are loving and kind, if we uh, think in terms of the positive, it will be better for us than if we to dwell on the negative. Dwelling on the negative is not going to bring good things about. But because I'm thinking in terms of that principle from the scriptures, I'm already anchored in other areas. I don't think that I control the universe and can make it bend to my will. I know that I cannot. I know that it is God who gives me the power to be cheerful because sometimes I'm not feeling it. Sometimes things are going on and I'm not there. Right? The law of attraction doesn't make any allowance for that. <laughs> You've got to keep thinking positive thoughts if you want positive results. Okay, But the great controversy allows for me to rely on God for strength. I encourage you, when you find things that may be profitable to you in, on some level in your life, first see how they line up with the word of God. And once you find that alignment, just focus on it from the perspective of the word of God. There is absolutely no reason to consider it outside of that perspective. There's no advantage to you. Okay? There is zero advantage to you. And the longer we dabble with other perspectives, because they're close to the word of God, the more we will be drawn away. Right? Drawn away of our own lusts and enticed, as James, the Apostle James said. Is the law of attraction biblical? I would say that the principles that underlie the law of attraction, minus all of this talk about energy and so forth, the principle of by beholding we become changed, that's a biblical principle. But I'm going to have that meal entirely from the Bible instead of from a different source. Proverbs 4.23 says, Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Let's close with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for your mercy and goodness and love. We thank you for providing so many instructions for us from your word to help us to live daily in accordance with your will. 
Please help us when we hear things that we will compare them to Scripture, bounce them off of the Word of God to validate them. And then once we find out that they are and can be derived from there, help us to just pay attention to them from the Scriptures directly. Please bless us and bless all those that hear us in Jesus' name. Thanks again for listening to this podcast. You can reach us via email at BibleQuestions at ASBZone.com. We look forward to hearing from you, whether you have questions, comments, suggestions, or concerns. We also recommend that you check out the True Wisdom podcast, where Robert and I discuss various Bible stories and topics together. Both of these podcasts can be found on over a dozen platforms, including Apple, Google, Spotify, and Amazon. Please remember our ministries in your prayers. Until we meet again next time, may God richly bless you as you prayerfully study and share His Holy Word.